the Revelation to John. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood, and made us to be a kingdom, priests serving his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And on his account all the tri tribes of the earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church.
He showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen, and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you, believe you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. So at our best, we ask questions. 
When we are not at our best, maybe we forget to get curious, and instead we file complaints. This week, I filed the following complaint. God, it is the week after Easter. Again, we have survived Lent and given ourselves the joy and newness of Easter. Again, we are ready to live into that fresh new energy that you have given us in the resurrection. And I am looking at the readings for Sunday, and I have to talk about Thomas again. Every year, the week after Easter, we talk about Thomas. We need something new. And then suddenly, as I filed this complaint, I had an idea. Maybe it was God's idea. Who knows? I decided to not talk about Thomas. I would just start my sermon by telling you all that if you really want to hear a sermon on Thomas, you can go to our brand new website and click on sermons and listen to other sermons about Thomas from other years. And this morning, I was going to talk about the other stuff we read about, like how Jesus breathed on his disciples. He breathed on them. I love that part. He equipped them to do his work in the world by breathing on them. A definite sign that he was not a, mir a mirage or a figment of their imagination, but an actual, live, in the flesh, breathing, resurrected Christ, who had returned to equip them for ministry. Breath is so sacramental and tangible, so like baptism when we get water and oil on us, so like the taking in of consecrated bread and wine into our bodies around this table, so like all the ways that we move from our heads and into our bodies so that we can experience the love of God with every cell. I wanted to talk about Jesus breathing on us this morning because we get to baptize Jacob and Sebastian, two beautiful twin baby boys. And it just feels right to speak of Jesus' breath in our lives, in each of our lives. Because baby Jesus' breath breathed through us is our only hope of living into the vows that we take at that time. So with all of this in mind, I went to the old sermons so I could find one to tell you to listen to in case you wanted a particularly thomas -y sermon, which I'm not going to give you this morning. And I found that in 2013, I was the preacher, and I did talk about Thomas, and we did baptize two beautiful twin baby boys on that day as well. Now, the second Sunday of Easter is not a major baptism day in the Episcopal Church, nor is it traditional to baptize twins on this day, though Thomas was a twin. So it is a lovely day to celebrate twins. And actually, last night, I went on Facebook, and my godfather had written to wish me a happy baptism day. I did not realize it was that day. And so I asked Siri, Siri, when was Easter? in 1978, and Siri said it was March 26th, so I was baptized on Thomas' day too. So where is God in all of these consequences? Is it a consequence? Or is God talking 
boys will preach the same sermon that I preached three years ago and call it a day. And God said no. <laughs> well, maybe I said no to myself. I can't be sure if it was God's no or my no, which is the tricky thing about these conversations with God, right? Only God knows the fullness of the mystery that we catch just the slightest glimpse of. But I have a hunch that God takes pleasure in the glimpses that we do catch and offers glimpses that will speak to us, each of us, in a variety of ways, in all the ways that we perceive. Perhaps in our breathing, we experience God's breath on us. Perhaps with God's breath on us, the Holy Spirit can pour herself into our lives with each inhale and out into the world through us with each exhale. Perhaps in our praying, we experience God's patient listening. Perhaps in God's patient listening, our life stories get told. Perhaps in our baptisms, we experience the quenching of our thirst for meaning in our lives. Perhaps in finding meaning, we find God. Perhaps in our doubt, we experience God's joy that we have turned our attention to. To what God might be up to, he knows what God's up to. He knows that we're A little bit. Perhaps as we strain to see what God is up to, we find it. Perhaps in the embrace of another, we find ourselves in God's embrace. And perhaps when we find ourselves in God's embrace, we are healed. Perhaps in our listening, we hear something God has been hoping to say to us. And perhaps when God speaks, we discover that we can hear beyond the vibrations of physical sound. Perhaps in our communal proclamations of faith and our baptismal vows, we experience God wanting to bring about the fullness of love in the world through our hands, our hearts, our relationships, our prayers, our questions and doubts, our curiosities, our bodies, our breath, our whole selves. And perhaps when Jesus breathes on us as Jesus breathed on his disciples, when water gets poured on us, when we are marked with oil as Christ's own and sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism, we get filled with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit that Christ sent to us when he could no longer be in the flesh himself. And perhaps when we are filled with that Holy Spirit, we can breathe more deeply, heal more fully, and love more widely. In our human state, perhaps we can't know much of anything for sure, we can't know for sure in the concrete way that humans like to know things, if our prayers make any difference, or if God is all the things that we think God might be, or if Jesus really did come back from the dead, or if the Holy Spirit really does live in our breath. And maybe that is what faith is all about, leaning toward all the possibilities of God in our lives. Surrendering to the power of the Holy Spirit, yelling through babies and singing through kids, trying to perceive the 
the love of Christ all around us, even though we can't actually touch Jesus. Not yet. But I have faith that if we keep on keeping on with all of our curiosity and wonder and love, the day will come when we will know beyond knowing the one who said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the one who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty.
Sebastian Charles received the light of Christ. What name do you give this pastor? Jacob Sargent. Jacob Sargent. I baptize you in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Jacob Sargent, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's hope forever.
morning. I'm Jay Louis, Senior Warden. You heard Becky briefly mention that we have a new website, but I think uh, this big event is, is deserving much more attention. Uh, this site has been in process for over a year, and it is now up and running. I've actually viewed it a number of times. I think it's wonderful. If you go to trinityconcord.org, you'll see a, a very new site, and a, a lot of work going into it, as I said. Uh, the, design, the site was designed by a professional, Melody Stanford, and a number of prisoners have spent an awful lot of time and effort uh, putting their uh, knowledge to, to use to make this work. Um, I should say that Becky Gettle herself was the team manager. She uh, put together a great team to work on this, including Emily Moss, John Woodward, Tim Lango, Martin so I'm wondering, uh, and I'd like to add a few others to this list, even though they have more directly on the website. Um, I'm hoping the names I mentioned, if they're here, will stand. In addition to Debbie and Larry Scarf, whose wonderful photo graced this website. Uh, so, again, Melody Stanford, Ben Carroll, Emily Moss, John Woodward, Tim Blanca, and Martin Lavina. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> uh, one other thing I just mentioned is that we really encourage you to go to this website so that you can see all the ministries that we're working on. And of course, we're, we know that we can improve this site, so if you have further suggestions, please let us know. But I think you'll be very impressed and, and pleased with this new website.
good Lord, fed friends and strangers on the hillside, accept our gifts of food for the hungry in our towns. Grant that we may never be at ease at our tables until all of your people are fed. Let not the needy be forgotten, O Lord, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your heart. Jacob, Leah, Rachel, God and Father of our Lord. 
not for strength, for pardon hope, and not for renewal. Let the grace of this holy communion make us one body, one spirit in Christ, that we may worthily receive the world in his name.
congregation, I send you forth bearing these holy gifts, that those who will you go may share with us in the communion of Christ's body and blood. We who are many are one body, because we all share one bread, one cup. The God of peace who brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, may be perfect in every good work and do God's will, working in you that which is well pleasing in God's sight. The blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and in the Alleluia, alleluia.